1: This is a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius.
0: If you want to understand how things really work in this country, watch what they do. Don't listen to what they say. You just saw Republican Congressman George Santos expelled from Congress. With an overwhelming majority of votes from both parties. And the dude was a clown. He made up a lot of his resume. But the main reason they expelled him was because he'd been indicted federally and awaits trial, right? But here's the thing about Santos. He's part of an absolutely tiny majority that the Republicans have in Congress. Just nine. That's now been reduced to eight. It's why we hardly have any power. It's the tightest margin any party's controlled Congress by in nine decades. And here's the real problem with George Santos. He had a very, very conservative voting record, a 100% score from Heritage Action and the other big conservative rating agency, 96%. Let me ask you a question. No matter how big of a clown any individual Democrat might be, no matter how many times indicted, do you think the Democrats would expel a Democrat member with a 100% liberal lifetime voting record because we asked him to? (laughs) They'd tell us to stuff it. And I can prove it. The really weird thing is who pointed it out. Liberal Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman left the ladies of the view speechless the other day when he said this
1: i think the, the more important picture is is that we have a colleague in, in the senate that actually did much more sinister and, and serious kinds of things uh senator menendez uh he needs to go um and if you are going to expel santos how can you allow to somebody like menendez to remain in the senate and you know santos is kind of lies were almost you know funny and like you know he you know landed on the moon and a guy kind of stuff uh whereas whereas you know i think you know menendez i think is really a senator for egypt you know not new jersey uh so i i i really think he needs to go and uh especially it's kind of strange that if santos uh, is not allowed to remain in the house you know someone like that
0: could someone give republican leadership whatever drugs fetterman is taking he makes more sense than they do wait a minute Why didn't we demand, okay, we'll vote to expel uh, Santos, but at the same time, quid pro quo, you guys got to vote to expel Menendez in the Senate. And you know what? Fetterman's right. The New Jersey senator is indicted, but he's indicted of taking bribes from foreign entities for his votes along with his wife, Nadine. And yet the Republicans Never so much has brought it up, never demanded any kind of expulsion, nothing, which is incredible because the Democrats hold an even slimmer 51 to 49 majority in the Senate. So why not say, yeah, Santos is a clown and we'd love to expel him. We'll do it simultaneously with your expulsion of the Democrat Menendez. And Fetterman's right. Their situations are virtually identical. Santos has also been federally indicted, but not for taking bribes that compromise the way he votes, like Menendez. Yet no one is even speaking of Menendez being removed. Why? At some point, you got to think the GOP leadership wants to get rid of conservative votes, wants to get rid of conservatives who are a thorn in their side, and they're helping Democrats do it. Folks, you watch this stuff. It's unbelievable. Or are Republican leaders just dumb? After all, it's not really up to Mike Johnson to demand that Menendez be expelled. That's really up to McConnell, although Johnson could have at least thrown the ball out there for a quid pro quo. Not a word was said, though. It's weird, right? Meanwhile, the world's globalists aren't even hiding it anymore that they intend to come for our food, most specifically, meat. Mainstream media outlet Bloomberg News just admitted that it's very real. Here's what they write. The world's most developed nations will be told to curb their excessive appetite for meat as part of the first comprehensive plan to bring the global agri-food industry in line with the Paris Climate Agreement. The UN plan will officially be unveiled, Bloomberg says, next month at something called the COP 28 Summit. The plan sets new goals for new limits on meat consumption, and it wants people to consume individuals no more than 15.7 kilograms of meat a year. For some idea of what we're talking about here, the average American consumes 127 kilograms of meat a year, meaning you'd be eating about 12 percent of the meat you do today. And they're demanding that nations enforce it. Here's where it gets really scary. You're probably thinking of some, you know, climate cop ripping the hamburger out of your hand, but they don't want to do it that way. They want to aim it at production. In other words, Knock down U.S. meat availability, say, in the store, the supply lines, to 12% of what it is today. Then ration it. The U.N. calls this, quote, foods climate transition, unquote. Not that there's actually any reason to do this. The big joke over the weekend was that the private jets in Munich, Germany, on their way to Dubai, the big global warming conference they're having there, got stuck. Because of the record-breaking snow, (laughs) nothing took off. Not the jets, not regular airplanes, nothing. Speaking of food, if you're like me, you've already got your big feast planned for Christmas. I've already got some of it. And you know what? I'm going to enjoy myself thoroughly. And I'm not going to worry about it at all because I'm on the PhD weight loss plan. I know how to recover from a splurge. I've got the metabolism to do it now. And you know what? You could, too. So enjoy yourself over Christmas, but go ahead and make your appointment for that first week of January with the folks at MyPhDWeightLoss.com. They did so much for me. I took off 29 pounds, um, and I've kept it off for more than nine months now. You can do that too. Before that, I couldn't even get the 29 pounds off. And when I'd lose 10 pounds here, 10 pounds there, I'd put it right back on. It's great knowing I can occasionally enjoy myself, but that I have a plan for for taking off any little bit of weight that I gain. I've been able to maintain my weight because of it. Find out more and know that you can do this plan wherever you are. There's the PhD weight loss at home plan. Somebody in all 50 states is doing it because it works great. So make your appointment today for the first week of January and enjoy yourself. MyPhDWeightLoss.com. That's MyPhDWeightLoss.com. Now back to the podcast. Meanwhile, it's kind of shocking to remember what U.S. power used to look like in the face of what it looks like now. Now. US power now is thought to be go get into a huge war, spend billions of dollars, then capitulate, and surrender to the enemy at the end. But there was a time when we used to do it very affordably, project our power in awesome and unforgettable ways that kept the world's tyrants restrained. And it's easy going day to day now to forget what that used to look like. Here's a perfect example. Since October 7th, 27 attacks On our forces, just since October 7th, our bases by Iran, you know, like in Syria and Iraq. Um, Others have been by Houthi rebels. And of course, we just had the Kearney fired on. That comes weeks after the Houthis shot down a $32 million Reaper drone. You paid for that with zero response from the Biden administration. That was our drone. Yes, the Kearney shot down the drone that delivered uh, the round at us, but that was in self-defense. There's nothing offensive going on here. And it's leading the world to question whether we'll even defend shipping lanes anymore. Look, I don't want us getting into a fight with Israel, and I certainly don't want us paying for a fight with Israel. We are functionally broke as a country. But there are simple things you can do to protect shipping, to protect just the basics. And it's easy to forget the way we use to project power. Fox News host Eric Sean reminded us over the weekend of how very differently things once looked in the world. When America was awake looking out for her own interests and not that of foreign terrorist groups Then on the prowl.
1: You talk about keeping the shipping lanes open. Let me bring you back to the late 1980s and the Iranian tanker wars. That's when Iran was attacking the tankers. uh, And to keep the uh, lanes open back then, President Ronald Reagan took decisive and strong action. He re-flagged tankers uh, as U.S. tankers. And when uh, a hole was blown through uh, one of our ships, the Samuel Roberts, the Reagan administration, President Reagan took out half the Iranian Navy. Why don't we do something like that now?
0: Indeed. Dr. Rebecca Grant had another addition. We also, uh, back in the 80s, conducted a strike on some Iranian oil platforms. So, you know, it's it's an option. Well, it would be an option if someone other than the Democrats were in charge. Folks, that's how you project power, effectively and cheaply. Another great example of that would be uh, Trump's strike on Soleimani at that airport and the visual for the world's despots to see of his suitcase going round and round and round, unpicked up. Joe Biden has admitted the Houthis, Hezbollah, Hamas, they're all funded, armed, trained, and logistically supported by Iran. Which brings us to one piece of good news today. The Republican leadership actually doing something that makes sense. You so rarely see it. We've got to note it here when it happens. End of last week, the House passed a bipartisan measure, To block Iran from ever accessing the $6 billion transferred by the US gallingly on 9 11 as part of the prisoner swap. Incredibly, 119 Democrats voted against this. Good. Good. You know why? Now we got them on the record for the campaign. Let's see if the Senate takes this up. If not, we'll hit the Democrats. It's how the game's played. These are simple things that we just couldn't get out of Kevin McCarthy. But unfortunately, here's what they didn't do this week. And, and folks, it took them two months, the Republicans, to even make a move toward, you know, blocking that $6 billion for Iran, which ultimately goes right to the Houthis. And if you want to understand why the Houthis are hitting us, why Iran and Iran's proxies have hit us, hit us 75 times since October 7th, here's why. It's stuff like this. Back on November 14th, the Biden State Department issued a sanctions waiver, letting Hamas's terror sponsor, Iran. Again, they've hit us dozens of times, hit our bases, caused our troops, dozens of them, severe brain injuries. Even NBC News reported that. What do they get for that? A reward. November 14th, the State Department issues a sanction waiver allowing Iran to access more than, get this, $10 billion in previously inaccessible funds held by Iraq. So the way that Iran sees this under Biden is that we'll barely retaliate, if at all. We've only retaliated three times out of the 75, and we'll actually pay Iran to hit us again. Whether that's direct attacks on our soldiers in our bases or indirect attacks where Iran funds arms and trains the Houthis, and uh, they fire at us at the curdy. This is how Iran perceives us, and they're not wrong. It's permission and support. This is why this is happening. This is why we've been hit 75 times since October 7th, where this gets really scary, folks. Don't forget what the FBI director admitted when he testified a little over a week ago. Hamas, Hezbollah, Two branches of Al-Qaeda and ISIS, that's five groups since October 7th, have all vowed terrorist strikes inside the U.S. So the question becomes, while it's great that it took the Republican Congress two months, but they uh, finally voted to claw back that $6 billion, at least getting the Democrats on the record on it, where's the response to this? It happened November 14th. I mean, $10 billion more for Iran. Do you realize that that means in just three months, the Biden administration has enabled Iran to get its hands on a staggering $16 billion at exactly the time that the Biden administration did something else that's jaw dropping. I wish the American people could understand this. Remember as Joe Biden was on the plane flying to Israel back in November, He announces, his administration does anyway, they're lifting the sanctions on Iran's ability to purchase the ballistic missiles it needs for the Iranian nukes to be delivered uh, to Israel or to our shores. Uh, They were sanctioned by the UN before that, that, you know, if they were caught trying to buy these missiles, there'd be a huge sanctions lockdown. Well, we agreed to lift it. I mean, that's the incredible thing. So right now, Iran... Just as it has the fissile material uh, to make five to six nukes, has been given permission by us to go ahead and buy from whoever they want—China, Russia—the uh, missiles they need to deliver those nukes with, and the sixteen billion dollars they need to complete the whole process. It's you know, it's unbelievable. Again, when you look at what are they doing, not what are we saying. Oh, we support Israel. What is the Biden administration doing? It's shocking.
1: Around America with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time?